You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. 702. Bongani Bingwa. Wrapping up your day. It is eight minutes after five o'clock. The National Health Insurance, the NHI, of course, is a proposed financing system that will make sure that all citizens of South Africa and indeed even legal long-term residents are provided with essential health care regardless of their employment status and ability to make a direct monetary contribution to the fund. Let's just be clear about one thing. The right to obtain health care is written into our constitution. There should be no debate about that. It's a right that shouldn't depend, moreover, on how rich we are or where we live. People should not be made to die because they can't afford treatment. So universal access to quality health care is an internationally accepted principle. That's on the one hand. But the Institute of Race Relations says not so fast on the NHI. The At Liberty policy bulletin that they've just released says the government's plan for the NHI is flawed. They say it will undermine a world-class private healthcare system on which 17 million South Africans already depend. And they say this will create less access to care rather than increasing it. And joining us on the line is the head of policy research at the South African Institute for Race Relations, Dr. Anthea Jeffrey on the line from Johannesburg. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey, good afternoon to you and thank you for your time. Um, hello to you and all your listeners. As the lead author of the report, uh, we have to ask you these questions. Of course, the minister would contend that until there is equitable access to quality health care, we really are still stuck with the apartheid model. The minister would, of course, argue that, and he would also argue that his NHI idea is the right way to achieve universal health coverage. But there are three critical problems with the NHI which he brushes over. The first is the problem of cost and efficiency. The second is that the NHI will do nothing to address the problems of poor management and poor efficiency in the public health care sector. And the third is that the NHI will effectively, as we've said, put an end to South Africa's excellent system of private health care. And the combination is actually likely to see that people will have less access to health care than they have now, rather than more. And that's the key problem. But, Dr. Jeffrey, large numbers of South Africans um, and residents in this country continue to die prematurely and, and they're really to suffer unnecessarily from poor health. Treatable conditions are not being treated on time. Preventable diseases are not being prevented. And that's largely due to a skewed healthcare financing system. Surely the minister has a point there. It's not entirely, it's not even mainly due to a skewed healthcare, uh, the skewed financing issues. The problem is we put 4% of GDP into public healthcare, which is, compares very well with other emerging markets. But that money is very often poorly used. And that's why, for example, only 16% of our public hospitals and clinics are able to comply with basic norms and standards. They're unable to maintain the availability of medicines, not so much because we can't afford them. Medicines are made available to the public sector very cheaply, but because they're sitting in a depot rather than being made available to the clinics and the hospitals where they need it. We can't maintain proper standards of cleanliness and hygiene so people pick up infections. We don't have adequate standards of nursing, so we have an increasing number of cases of medical negligence 
in the public health care sector. And none of these problems are going to be resolved by the NHI. And when the government talks about the fact that too much funding goes to private health care, what they don't talk about is the fact that the government's own regulations have pushed up the cost of private medical aid to the point that it's increasingly difficult for people to afford them. That the government has refused to allow a proposal by the Council for Medical Schemes that would have introduced a low-cost medical scheme at a cost of about 180 per adult member per month and which would have given people access to primary care in the private sector of a high quality. But the government wouldn't allow it, even though it would have made 15 million more South Africans able to access private health care. The government is now trying to end the tax credit, which makes private health care more affordable. And they're also already barring the primary health insurance policies, which give people access to private health care. So their aim is to clear away everything that is being done by the private sector that is good in order to make way for an NHI which is going to be far too costly and far too inefficient but to Dr. be Jeff- a positive effect. I have to come in there, Dr. Jeffrey, and say, but you also have to accept that the burden of disease in the, in the country will not be reduced because the majority of the population do not have access to that very wonderful system that you are talking about. That private health care set is not, is not available to the majority of South Africans. And so a greater burden is placed on the state unnecessarily. The NHI offers a chance. Uh, maybe not everything will be worked out immediately, but it does offer a chance for all South Africans at least greater access. Uh, so it's it's wonderful to have a beautifully uh, functioning private healthcare system, but if it's not working for the majority of South Africans and you then ex- expect the government to partly subsidize it, surely that can't be reasonable? What you need is to give access to all South Africans to the benefits of private healthcare, if that is what they would like. And there are ways of doing it. One of is to allow the low-cost medical schemes that the government bars. Another is to allow the low-cost primary health insurance policies which the government bars. Another is to take part of our tax revenues, which are currently being so badly used. We're losing about 240 billion rand a year to inflated prices and corruption, and turn that into health vouchers so that even the poorest of the poor, people who are unemployed and people who are um, pensioners, for example, can afford access to private health care through the health vouchers that the state provides. And these are proposals that have been put forward by a number of organizations, all of them showing that there's a different way, a better way of achieving universal health coverage. Rather than making all South Africans, and as you said, also legal residents, the, uh, effectively the clients of a single state-run medical aid that will have at least 56 million members, which will be very incapable of managing the administrative burden of this, which will be so slow at paying doctors that many of them will choose to emigrate instead because they won't have other options within the country. That will be so slow at paying suppliers that many of them will also stop supplying. Okay. So that the upshot will be that the state-run system, the state monopoly in healthcare, will be no more effective than the state monopoly in electricity or water, where we can see massive problems, and where the billions of rands that are allocated to state entities such as ESCOM are a magnet to tenderpreneurs like the Guptas who see them as a way 
of enriching themselves rather than helping the poor. All right, Dr. Anthea Jeffrey, we'll have to leave it there. I'm afraid we've run out of time. Dr. Anthea Jeffrey, Jeffrey there, the head of policy research at the South African Institute for Race Relations. Listening in, of course, on that conversation is our National Minister of Health, Dr. Aaron Mutzaledi, and we'll be talking to him in a moment for his right of reply. 702. 702. Bongani Bingwa. Wrapping up your day. It's 18 minutes after 5 o'clock. We've been talking to the South African Institute for Race Relations, Dr. Anthea Jeffrey, saying that the proposed NHI is an ill-advised plan and will, in fact, create less access for South Africans than what it intends. Joining the conversation now is the Minister of Health, Dr. Aaron Mutzoledi, on the line from Cape Town. Uh, good afternoon to you, Minister, and thank you for your time. Good afternoon and good afternoon to the listener. You heard Dr. Jeffrey there saying that the current plan for the NHI will prove inefficient and unaffordable. What is your response? Well, I was listening to her and I was just wondering some of the statements she's uttering, whether she's talking about the healthcare system that I know or whether she's talking about the NHI that uh, we are planning. Well, first of all, let's agree that the concept of universal health coverage is no longer a South African concept. It's a universal concept endorsed by all countries under United Nations because no country uh, refused to endorse it. That it is the direction which the, the, the world must take if we are to attain our targets for sustainable development goals. And there's no way that we can move to a, a system which is affordable, as she claims, to a more expensive one and, and, and wish, wish that all people will have access if it's more expensive. One of the principles of universal health coverage and NHI also is affordability because the present system is much more expensive. This present system that we are in, the second issue, you know, she, she, she's not generous with the truth. And I'm not sure whether it's lack of knowledge or poor research or just deliberate because the first thing I heard from him, she just hate NHI. She got an answer. In other words, her answer is that NHI is undesirable. She's trying very hard to fit the statement into that answer. It's like knowing an answer to a mathematical problem, but you don't know how you arrive there and you are trying your best to fit to look for statements to fit that answer, but it's not coming in. The first thing is that he, she claims that we've put 4% of the GDP on health in the public sector. Now, let me give you the correct figures. Yes. South Africa is spending 8.5% of the GDP on health. That's what South Africa is spending. Minister, if 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 I may come in, if 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 her figure, for example, that uh, only sixteen percent of public healthcare facilities are able to comply with basic norms and standards, uh, if she talks about the inefficiencies that she's uh, she's me- she's mentioned poor management, so isn't the figure of eight point five percent more of an indictment uh, than 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 a compliment to what is being done? If those figures are correct, it is an indictment. It's an absolute indictment because of the way the money is spent. Because I was just going to inform you that the figure of 8.5% is comparable to, to, to an average of the average of countries in Europe. 
because countries in Europe are at 9%. So we are in terms of expenditure, we are more or less within the same bracket as Europe. But you know that we can't compare our systems with them. Within BRICS, actually, we are far ahead of Russia. We are far ahead of India. We are far ahead of China. Because Russia is still at 5.4%. China is still at 4.6%. India is at 4.2%. In, in fact, it means South Africa is spending two times as a percentage of GDP than India. But all those countries I've mentioned, including Europe, have got better health outcomes. So it's a big indictment. The reason, the reason simply is because 4.4% of that 8.5 is spent on only 16% of the population. And 4.1% is spent on the remaining 84% of the population. That is gross, gross, gross inequality. There's no country in the world that is doing that. And that's why the World Organization said we are the only country. South Africa is the only country on the planet yeah. that is spending so much money to so few people. But isn't part and, of the problem, Dr. Mutsualedi, that that system isn't part of the problem, Dr. Mutsualedi, that that system has been created precisely because the public sector is so inefficient. I mean, Dr. Jeffrey quoted a figure of 240 billion rand that goes to wastage because of inflated prices and corruption. She's also mentioned uh, that uh, there are regulatory constraints that make the private system expensive. In other words, if the public system was effective, most of the money that goes to the public private sector would have gone to the state system, but people have been left with no choice because of the poor quality of service, often because of inefficiencies. That's the argument Dr. Jeffrey would make. No, she's doing a chicken and egg now. This is a chicken and egg situation about what came first. Let me start with this. It's a natural principle that human beings follow resources. Anywhere in the world, people follow money. They follow where resources are. That's why we have got the problem of migration in the world. That the most impoverished countries, the people there migrate to the countries where they believe their resources, even dying in the process. Now, same as the private and the public health care sector in South Africa. Firstly, you give 4.4% of the GDP to only 16% of the population and give 4.1% to 84% of the population. Do you expect them to be efficient? But that 4% is something that they've paid for, Dr. Mutsuale. It is not from the state. No, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Obviously, all the skills, including financial management skills and all the good skills, and the number of doctors, etc., will migrate where there's 4.4%. Then you say, no, they they must match in terms of quality. It's no different from what happened during the apartheid era, where four times... For, was spent for a white child four times than a black child and they expected boundary education people to 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 to, to perform but they with respect perform. dr mozoledi that system that you're referring to under apartheid was a state-sponsored one the private healthcare system in south africa has ballooned to the extent that it has because of the failures of the public healthcare system you can't punish people for creating their own system when yours is now, failing now 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 why then am i stopped from trying to correct that. We accept that as a mistake, and it didn't happen only in South Africa. It happened all over the world. Then experts around the world, under the auspices of World Health Council and United Nations, said the solution to this 
is universal health coverage to correct all these anomalies. Doctor, Dr. Jeffrey know. says she agrees with universal uh, health coverage, but she's saying that the NHI isn't the way to do it. She says you must remove <laughs> regulatory constraints. Uh, you must stop making it. She says, in fact, some of those regulatory constraints have made the private system unaffordable, which is why it only can be accessed by fewer South Africans. She says if you focus on investment instead of regulation, if you focus on growth instead of redistribution, you might get some of the results that everybody wants. That's, that actually is not true. It's not true because if you look at the report written by uh, 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 the, 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 the chairperson, uh, Judy Collapen, Judge Judy Collapen, who is a judge now, when he was a chairperson of the Human Rights Commission, he was trying to investigate the accessibility to health by all citizens via Section 27 of the Constitution. In other words, he wanted to see whether that part of the Constitution is working or not. He came across this anomaly about private health care sector, where he even wrote a report to complain about the poor the regulation of the private sector. In fact, he was saying that it's, it's, it's very much re- less regulated. We need to regulate more. Because the regulation in the private health care sector is only for the, for the funders. That means it's for medical aid scheme. Oh. They are being regulated by the Council of Medical Scheme. But the providers are not being regulated. And he reprimanded the Department of Health and the government for that less regulation. Now she is saying there is over-regulation. That, that cannot be true. Okay. Secondly, yes. Secondly, the presentation by experts especially the competition experts in the form of OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, and the World Health Organization itself, when they presented to Chief Justice Mobile, remember, I have been arguing that private health care is excessively costed in South Africa. And many people are not agreeing with me. And to resolve that problem, the Competition Commission said Chief Justice Mobile must investigate it. So what she is saying is what they might, she and her ilk, might have presented to the Chief Justice Mobile. The World Organization and OECD presented something different. What is left is, what is the judge going to say? What is the conclusion? And we don't know. So she is just giving you her prejudices, not facts. All right, Dr. Mazzaletti. are very clear. We're going to have to leave our discussion there. We thank you for your time, Drs. Jeffrey and uh, Muzoledi, there on that issue for our right of reply discussion. Odebo one eight eight three zero seven zero two. What are your responses? How worried are you about the implementation of the NHI, or does the minister have a point?